0: Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Well, we talked about the invisible enemy, and we found out that Satan is the invisible enemy and that our fight is not with people. How many of you remember that? Our fight, your fight's not with your husband, fight's not with your girlfriend, it's not with your family member or your coworker, your boss, your fight is with the enemy, and you fight in the spirit realm. Well, today, I want to go a little bit further in that, because how many of you know it's not important to just know where the fight is? It's important to be prepared, to be dressed to fight, dressed and prepared for battle. Amen? And have a plan. And so I want to read this scripture to you, and then let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Ephesians 6 verse 14 says this in the God's Word translation, fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. God, it's so important to us that we hear from heaven. And so we set ourselves to seek you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated this morning. It's great to see everybody. This is an amazing day to be in church. Amen. So my question, we just read that scripture. and Let's say it again here. Fasten truth around your waist like a belt. A belt is a, is a very nice thing to have, you know, and, and I've, I've lost a little circumference around my waist lately. And so I had to go out this weekend and buy new belts because I've been between the belt, lo- the belt notches. That's an annoying place to be. Have you ever been there before? Because you, you know, you, it's too tight one direction and it's too loose the other direction. And so I've, I've come to a place where I've tightened it too much and now you have all this excess hanging on the other side that you don't know what to do with. You don't want to just you know, use your miter saw and cut it off or something. You know? And so it was time to get a new belt. And so in getting a new belt, I began to think about the value of a belt and what a belt does and how it relates to the belt of truth. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, the writer talks about putting on the full armor of God, putting on this outfit. And the very first thing that he mentions is the belt of truth and how truth is so important because truth actually holds up everything around it and 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 I'll get into that in a moment because we're at a place in society where we're not sure who to trust right i mean the media we man we're, we don't know <laughs> what to believe, you know, and some people are calling it fake news or you go to the internet and of course you can believe everything you read on the internet, you know, because it's all true, right? And, and, you know, and so you're not sure what to do with the media, you know, or the government, you know, you, there were, there were days and times when, when you might might've been able to trust certain things, but now people are going, man, I'm just not sure what I can believe if this is true or, you know, it's this person, you know, and so you find yourself having to do a lot of research and find out about people and how they vote, you know, and or how, you know, where they stand on things so that, you know, you're voting for somebody that, you know, has character or has biblical principles or whatever it is. And then, but then we have the Bible. Now, the Bible is absolute truth. This is God's Word, this is the Word of God that He's put into a New Testament and an Old Testament. These are, you know, this is my last will and testament. This is my will for your life, my plan for your life. You know, and, and we've, seen, we've seen the longevity of the Bible, the 1,500 years that it took to, to write it, and all the different authors, and they all point to the same thing, and that's truth itself, and His name is Jesus man. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you what Dwight L. Moody said. He said this, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. Aren't you thankful for that? It says in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Did you hear a no in there? Man, I remember when we were raising our kids and we and many of you parents, I know, can identify with this, but it just seemed like we said no a lot. Man, there was this one particular season, and we said no. And I said, I, you know, your child would come to you, and you'd just say, please, give me something I could say yes to. I want to say yes, you know? Because you get tired of saying no. And I remember we were getting ready to go to Disney World. We had promised our, uh, both of our kids that we'd take them to Disney World on our anniversary. And so we planned the trip, and we saved up for it, and we were ready to go. And the night before, Nicole and I were getting ready for bed, and she turned and looked at me, and she said, we're getting ready to say yes all week long. And I thought, dear God, it's about time we can say yes. Anyway, and the, but that's God. God is saying, listen, all of my promises are yes and amen. Every single thing that I said in my word, you have the right to believe that it's yes and that it's amen for your life. In other words, so be it. So, But I'll tell you where we're at, though. I don't know if everybody realizes this, but we're in a war. There's a war going on, but it's not in the natural It's not in this physical world. Sometimes we get into this physical world, we get into our routine, and it's hard to see that there's a war going on because everything seems normal, right? We go and we do what we've always done. We go to work every day. And and because it's not a physical war that's going on, but I'm telling you in the spirit realm, there's a war going on. And so we have to be dressed for battle because Wars are won, one battle at a time. And this is why the Bible says, hey, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because the devil is taking this very serious. He's very focused on killing, stealing, and destroying your life. All he's looking for is an opportunity. Where's the opportunity? How can I get in? How can I kill? How can I steal? How can I destroy? And he doesn't care how he does it, does he? He's not fooling around. And so, if he's not fooling around, then we should be what the Bible says is to be vigilant, to be sober-minded. That means that you're on the ready, that you're looking. That you're, man, I, you know, how I many you saw Rocky Three? Remember Rocky Three? I'm gonna get okay. Do people just not raise their hands? Because I know probably everybody has seen Rocky Three. Okay, thank you. And so, so remember Rocky Three. Remember at that end when he had been trained by Apollo Creed, and they're standing up, and man, they're toe to toe, face to face, nose to nose. And Mr. T says, "I'm gonna bust you up." Remember Sylvester Stallone, Rocky. What did he say? Oh, come on! I know you know it. He's you don't. Some people are shaking their head. I really don't. Okay, well, I'm gonna tell you, I'll do my best Sylvester Stallone impersonation. Go for it. That's the best I got, okay? It's the best I got. So, so in Ephesians chapter six, let's step away from that. Let's go back to the word of God. Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven says, to put on all of God's armor. Not part of it, not everything but your helmet you know, shields over there, swords over here, you know, not, I mean, he says put on all of it, right? And so when I was a little child, when I was about eight years old, we had a horse and her name was Duchess. And you know, what do you do when you own a horse is you, you get dressed up like a cowboy, right? And so this is me. I'm eight years old, man. I'm, I'm looking pretty cool up there. You know what I used to do though? I don't have, didn't have a picture of it, but man, I used to put my 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 uh, my Walker Texas Ranger Levi jacket on. Come on, and I put my, you know, I'd put my holster on, and I had that full-size gun that Dad had ordered from a catalog when he was 16 years old, so you could spin it, you know, and practice, and you know, practice, you know. But I would get dressed up, so I had a uniform. When I rode a horse, man, come on, if you're a little boy, this is what you do. But, but some of you have a uniform that you wear maybe to the work, to, to the job. There's, there's, there's a proper, I shouldn't call it a uniform, there's a proper way to dress. For business, right? There's a proper way for athletes to dress. If you go out and play football and you're wearing a basketball outfit, you are in trouble, man. You better put some pads on, right? There's a proper way to dress. And that's what God is saying is, listen, there's a proper way to dress for battle. And so you need to put on the proper outfit so that you can do battle. Amen? Proper way to dress. So truth is is the belt? He said again, fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Okay, what's the importance of the belt? Let's talk a little bit about this. Remember in the Bible days, they wore a lot of robes, right? So robes would hang down. They'd have that lower part, kind of dress type. You know, you've seen the robes. But if, if someone was going to run or someone was going to battle, they would do what the Bible called gird up your loins. They would take that excess, pull it up, and tuck it in to the belt. Why? It frees up your legs. You can't run with robe hanging down, tripping, you know, and so you would tuck it in. Well, you remember Elijah, remember Elijah had prayed that it would rain and they looked off in the distance and saw the rain cloud coming together. And he turned to Ahab and he said, you better get to the city fast because the rain's going to stop you if you don't. And he got in his chariot and what did he do? He girded up his loins. he tucked his robe in his belt, and he took off running. He beat Ahab to the city, didn't he? It says, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. How many of you are thankful for the hand of the Lord coming upon you? And he girded himself up, and he headed, and he went ahead of Ahab into Jezreel. Okay, so that's the importance of the belt. So why the belt of truth? Why? Because freedom comes when truth is holding everything up in your life. I ran across this quote by D. Todd Christofferson. It was interesting. It says, freedom comes not from resisting truth, but from applying it. And so let's read John 8.32 together. Look at John 8.32. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth... So, make you free. So, that's an interesting statement because it's the truth, it's not just truth that's going to set you free, it's the truth you know. That means you've, t- you've spent time around the truth, you've spent time talking to truth, you've spent time studying truth. Why? So that you can draw on that truth when lies try to come. So how do they recognize a counterfeit bill? They spend a lot of time around the real thing. They don't spend time around counterfeit bills. They look at the original. They spend a lot of time around it. Why? So they can spot the counterfeit when it, it, it shows up. Well, truth is the same way. When you spend time listening to the truth, feeding on the truth, fellowshipping with the truth communing with the truth, when the counterfeit comes, you can go, wait a minute. It's not truth. It's a lie. It's a lie. So if you don't have truth holding things up, let me tell you, you could lose some important things. You could have some sag going on. You could lose some important things. I remember... I. When I, was, uh, when I was probably about the same age, in, in sixth grade, seventh grade, I played soccer. And so I had some friends, and we played soccer together. This picture is a, a bigger version of this picture. So there I am in the front. You can see the blonde-haired dude. And so look how skinny I am. Anyway, and so the soccer shorts, you've got this, you know, you've got this shirt on, but then you've got these shorts on. Well, these shorts had strings. And the strings are important because it's like the belt of truth. You tie the string and it keeps your shorts on, right? And so so there was this girl that I liked and she was on the bus. It was after school one day. You guys know where I'm going probably with this. And she's on the bus and she's talking to me out the window. And so I'm standing out there and we have a soccer game. So I'm in my uniform and, and so I'm just talking to her and my What's my friend do? He comes up behind me and grabs my shorts and goes, Voop. Yeah. And suddenly, I felt a breeze. <laughs> and I was exposed. And all I could do was pull my shorts up as fast as I could and chase him and try to catch him and beat him. And <laughs> which I did, but it wasn't nearly as satisfying as what he had done. But here's the thing. Here's my point. is that... Shame is associated with exposure, you know? And when your belt of truth is not holding things up, if, when it's not securely in position, then the enemy can expose parts of your life, right? But when you have your belt on, the belt of truth, and it is secure, then you don't have any wardrobe malfunctions, do you? So truth fastens things securely. So let's talk a little bit about what is truth. Turn over to John chapter 18. John chapter 18 because we need to put our eyes on this scripture because this is a scripture that, that people are now using uh, some of you may have heard of this idea called deconstruction you know where you where you deconstruct what what was taught and and you reconstruct it <laughs> anyway and not a good idea You know, especially when you were taught the truth of the word of God. And so, but some people point to this scripture in that. In John 18, look at verse 38. Jesus has been brought before Pontius Pilate. And Jesus has told him that my job was to testify of the truth. That is why I came, to testify of the truth. And Pilate responded with this statement. What did he say? He said, What is truth? What is truth? This is where a lot of people are at in the world today. They're saying, what is truth? You know, yeah, you read the Bible, but your truth is not necessarily my truth. How many of you have heard people say that? What's true for you is not true for me. And this is where some people think that because I think they may come to this because People have been lied to so many times that that you can almost begin to think that God is the same way as people. That God may say one thing, but really didn't mean that, meant this over here. And that's not true. That's not true. And we know that from Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hebrews 6 verse 18 it says, It is impossible, not possible for God to lie. That means he can't. It's impossible. Isn't that amazing? So, so your truth, some people say that your truth and my truth are not the same. Listen to what this guy said, and I'll do my best to pronounce his name. Soren Kierkegaard. I hope I said that right. Anyway, this is what he said. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to accept what is truth. So here's, here's the challenge with that statement, when people say that statement, is the, the, right, the question is wrong. Pilate asked that question. Jesus didn't ask that question. And notice Jesus didn't respond to it because he's staring at truth in front of him. He didn't have to answer it. It's truth. You know, but he said, What is truth? That's the wrong question. Here's the right question Who is truth? Who is truth? Jesus is truth. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus. I'm not only the way, but I'm the truth and I am the life. No one comes before the Father, except through me. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the only way to get to God. I'm the only way. In John chapter 1 verse 17, it says this, Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth. And he wraps it in tender mercy. Let me make this statement this is an important statement, statement for us to believe and to latch on to, and that's this. Jesus is heaven's answer for everything, that's right. for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus is the answer to the coronavirus. Jesus is the answer to racism, to prejudice. Jesus is the answer to every situation that you are in the middle of right now. The problem that you're having with someone at work, Jesus is the answer to that. Yes. Amen. Man, man, I, I got to tell you, it, it's, man, when you get into situations with people, it, it's tempting to fight in the natural, to want to do battle in the natural, but we're not supposed to fight that way. See, the belt of truth is supposed to be secured on our waist so that we can fight in the spirit realm and we can take authority over what this person is yielding to. Man, good preaching, Phil. So I'm going to ask the keyboard to come. I'm getting a lot out of this. Uh, I'm going to ask the keyboard to come. Um, So here's what I want to do in closing. I want to talk about How do I secure truth around my life, around my heart? How do I secure truth around my heart? This is number one, if you're taking notes, is fill the space. Fill the space. There shouldn't be any vacancy in your heart. Here's what happens. Jesus talked about this. He talked about He said, when a spirit goes out of a person, it goes through dry, an evil spirit. It, it goes through dry places seeking rest, but it finds none. And so it says to itself, I, I'm going to go back to that house I was in. And he finds it swept clean and put in order. Well, who wouldn't want to stay somewhere that's swept clean and put in order? I thought about it. I don't know why this thought came to my mind. We were Nicole and I were out and about running errands yesterday. And I just had this thought as we were out. Have you ever smelt the smell of a brand new home? You know, the smell of a brand new car? You know, because it's, it's clean. And it just, it just is a good feeling when things are clean. And I enjoy it when we, do, when we detail our vehicles and we vacuum it out. And Zach had done the, the, the Titan truck that we used to carry our trailer back and forth. He had detailed it the other day. And I got in it and I had to go somewhere and I had to borrow the truck and I got in there and I went, wow, it's really nice in here. It smells clean, you know, you know, you appreciate that. So he, I'm sorry, that's a long way around. Let me get back on the on unwrap. OK, so so the evil spirit comes back and he finds it swept clean. That's a problem. Why? Because it hasn't been filled back up when it's been filled up with the spirit of God, with God's Truth, then there's no vacancy for the spirit to come back. There's no room for him. There should not be room for the enemy in our lives. Fill the space, no vacancy. Number two is a power. This is one I've been chewing on and been chewing on, and that's to align your heart with God's truth. Align your heart with God's truth. I remember I had purchased a vehicle one time. It was, a, I almost showed you a picture, of, cause, but I couldn't find one that was in as in bad shape as, as mine was. Um, but it was the Mercury Zephyr. You guys remember the Mercury Zephyr back in 1983? I had a Mercury Zephyr, and it was basically a big box. It kind of looked like a, like a, like a Ford, uh, Crown Vic, you know, similar. And so probably rolled off of the same line. But anyway, you know how those car companies are. Um, and so, so I had this car, but I had bought it for $500. My dad, you know, kind of helped me and I, he helped me find it, and, but I paid for it. And I bought this car, and, but I, what I didn't realize was that it had a suspension problem. And so that suspension part, problem was a misalignment. And so the steering started to pull to one side. And you had to muscle it, you know, sometimes. Even though it had power steering, I mean, I had to, to force it to the other side. And I began to realize that the tire was wearing unevenly on one side. And you were getting that uneven wear on the inside of the tire. And that was not good. Because alignment, if you let alignment go because it doesn't seem like a big deal initially. Why? Because my car still starts, still goes and drive. Everything still works. Power windows work. Power steering works. Everything works. But when you're misaligned, if you let that go, man, you're going to have a blowout and you're going to have something even worse happen. It, it could look like maybe something like this car. You could bend your axle in. Why? All because you weren't in alignment. See, sometimes we allow things in our heart, little truths, to maybe get a little out of alignment. But if we'll allow the Holy Spirit, He'll course correct. He'll bring us back into alignment. Does that make sense? Man. And it's so much... but Maybe I should do it this way. That's alignment. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jesus is our true alignment. He's the true reference point to truth. Amen. Number three is this. Maintain true north. Maintain true north. Allow the Holy Spirit to to correct and to steer you, to put you back on the right path. I heard one say, I've heard some people say this, too, that, you know, I believe right and wrong are different for, for, for different people. But here's the thing with truth is if you don't have a clear definition of what's right and what's wrong, you have no truth. There is no truth. Then you can basically do whatever you want. But Jesus, if he's our truth, then we'll align ourselves with him. We'll maintain true north in him because Jesus is the reference point to true north isn't he and so maybe maybe your heart has veered a little bit off of true north maybe you've allowed some of these battles that have arisen and you've tried to fight them in the natural and as a result of fighting them in the natural you've gotten off course your true north has adjusted. And maybe you're here and you say, Phil, that's me. I need to come back to true north. I need to stop doing battle. I need to stop fighting people in the flesh and start fighting in the spirit. You say, Phil, how do I do that? Let me tell you, you're going to need the word of God. You're going to need a prayer closet. And you're going to need time. You're going to need to set aside time to do some battle, wage some war in the spirit. But one of the most important things you need is truth. The truth of the word of God. See, Jesus is the word of God. He was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And so that's why he is truth. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.